0: Hello and welcome to The Private Record. This is Matt D'Elia and I am, how do I even describe how I feel about this episode? Uh, Well, first of all, we toyed with putting this one out first. Uh, This episode is very, very crazy. And our guest is extremely interesting and his story is wild. It's it's genuinely a, a crazy story this guy has to tell. Uh, there were a couple reasons we didn't end up doing it first First and foremost, he, he actually ended up coming with After we spoke, he had a bunch of I don't know if you want to call it evidence uh, But he, he, he had videos uh, and a bunch of audio That he was sending us about his story After the fact And we wanted to make sure we got all of it That he wanted to get into the show uh, He actually sent us so much, we couldn't get it all But uh, it's, this is this is a cult story it's about a dude who grew up in a cult a crazy 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 cult as you will soon learn not that there are any cults that aren't crazy actually every cult is uh inherently fucking bonkers but uh this one is actually uniquely wild it's called gospel outreach and what's even more wild is that when we first got the submission obviously cult story uh my ears went up and then as I read more specifics about his story, I, I was like, this is, this is crazy, but there must be a lot of literature or, or stuff about this cult out there, uh, and there isn't. It was the weirdest thing about all of this. It's almost like what you're gonna see and hear in this episode is kind of like the first exposure uh, that this cult is really gonna get. It's gonna have its business aired out uh and uh our guest whose name is Ben uh you who you will soon meet he 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 has he's got the goods he's got the goods and he's got receipts and he is ready to tear this place down most of his family if not i think all of his family is is still in the cult um i think he has a brother that has also uh escaped or or gotten loose um but yeah it's just a crazy cult story the i mean the other reason i i didn't really think first would be best for this episode is because there's a lot of stuff about cults out there and I didn't want people to get the wrong idea, but this is arguably the wildest story we've been able to record so far. Um... But yeah, gospel outreach. Uh, I'd say look it up, but there's not much to look up. So stay tuned and listen. So all the extra bonus supplemental stuff that Ben sent from like inside the church, all the stuff that you know is very private to them, but he's sort of exposing vis-a-vis this episode. We're putting it all at the end of the episode. If you want to see that first to kind of get your bearings go to the end of the episode. If you want to hear him talk about it first and then digest all that at the end, that's the way the episode goes. So just keep on watching. The other thing I want to say before we get to the episode is about Ben himself. He's very much in line with what we're about on this show. Regular people, uh, wild, wild stories, ordinary people, extraordinary stories. He's a regular dude uh, when you look at him, when you listen to him. But once he starts talking about his life, it's... It's just absolutely mind-boggling what he's experienced, Uh, and he's still a young guy, but I just want to say to do this, to come away from everything he's ever known and to go public with a story like this, a story like his, and kind of um, exercise his own demons this way, being so open and vulnerable about about the crazy shit he experienced uh, at Gospel Outreach from the moment he was born, up until he left as a teenager. I just, I think he's a really brave person and I think it's worth saying that before we get in. So thank you, Ben. Uh, and uh, if you guys really, really respond to this episode, let me know in the comments what you think because we've been talking about maybe getting, getting him back on the show uh, to do a follow-up. He said he has more to tell, I'm sure he does. But we get into a lot in this episode and I'm excited for you guys all to hear it. Um, But yeah, if you wanna be on the show, go to theprivaterecord.com and submit yourself as a potential guest. Follow us on all socials uh, at The Private Record, Instagram, TikTok, all those good things. And of course, subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, at The Private Record and comment, like, subscribe, share with your friends. I love doing this. I never wanna stop doing this. Uh, and you know, I need you to, do, uh, to help me do that. So, like, comment, subscribe, share with your friends and uh, without any further delay, here is Ben O'Brien blowing the lid off, the cult you never heard of, surely, called Gospel Outreach. Thank you very much.
1: I grew up in a religious cult called Gospel Outreach uh and this is not so much just my story of growing up in it uh but the story of the cult as a whole mm-hmm. and how it kind of shaped who i am today and when i got out uh it's just been a major culture shock and you know it's it's trying to figure out how to be a normal human yeah uh is probably the the biggest thing in the story that i think is is going to the previous stuff is going to help explain what mm-hmm. that means and what that looks like.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right, man. Well, let's get right into it then. Sounds like we got a lot to talk about. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Awesome. So uh, I grew up, like I said, uh, I was born in uh, Tacoma, Washington, and uh, I was raised in a uh, in a cult that's much like a uh, Lutheran style. They take, they cherry pick from a bunch of different religions and mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, but yeah, Gospel Outreach is the name of it the head pastor and this is something i think you might be interested in knowing uh, the head pastor is like a much smarter and more subtle kenneth copeland mm. style guy in the sense that he's very you know fanatical and can definitely pull the crowd together and all that stuff to this day i have no idea why the colt was there to begin with but i do know so they're very um how you say They're very based in that 1950s style nuclear family Mm. type of uh, type of way of doing things, you know, and, uh, you know, if you talk about their school stuff, I mean, the easiest way to start would be obviously childhood. So the Mm -hmm. first thing that I remember in thinking that this is normal is in school, um, you wore uniforms, right? Like uh, almost like how Catholics would and whatnot. So you wore these uniforms that needed to be pristine and perfect. (laughs) If they weren't, you would get a fine. Wow. And, oh, yeah. So there'd be fines and credits. I've probably given around three, dollars $4,000 in my youth to the school in the church. Where's it's that money a- coming from, though? Like your parents? What's uh, going on? So it comes from your parents. But here's the way that it works is you work for your parents or you hmm. work for the pastor of the church. Right gives you money that is then put back into your uniform, your school books, that type of stuff. It's ran a lot like a homeschool extension. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it is a homeschool program. I was going to ask. the kids in the property, yeah, all the kids from the property, it's all inside the school building that's okay. on the property. The property is about 30 acres. Uh, everybody lives kind of around the property. And then you got the church kind of in the center area there. Wow. So uh, it literally is, yeah.
0: they ha- this. they have their own school. It's it's not yes. like you guys go to this other school and then come back into where you guys live. The no. school is at where you guys live. Yes.
1: Okay. So school for me was about a 30 second walk away from our, our mobile trailer <laughs> that we lived in. Um, I personally have seven siblings. We grew up in a double wide mobile trailer. Wow. So. The way that that, yeah, and, and people are pumping out kids left and right there because that's right. That is, that's what God wants, you know? Sort of the point, so, right? You
0: make more little yeah. soldiers for God. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And interesting point, I have never seen, and I, I lived there for 18 years, there has not been one person that has joined that church that was not born into it in, in my entire life. So you are born into this church, you are raised to believe that this is normal and this is real life. I mean, we're talking about control on a whole nother level. And there's no recruitments um, yeah. then. It's just all people that are born
0: into no. it. And so when... No. This is a relatively new cult though, right? When did it start?
1: So it technically started in... Uh, it was during the Jesus movement in the right. 60s and 60s. Okay. Uh, so there was a man that started a place called the Lighthouse Ranch, actually in California. Right. And um, he anointed the head pastor when he was about to die. This was in the 90s. And this head pastor, whose name shall remain anonymous... I still have family members in the cult church today. Wow. Um, that I kind of want to make sure, you know, that that part is anonymous. Sure. Um, But this head pastor, the Kenneth Copeland character, um, he basically designed this religion just off of whatever he felt was right. Mm. Right. So I'm going to throw out a couple terms that we grew up believing from him. That was just a normal thing. Mm. So the first one is that there's two of you. Right. Mm. So I grew up believing that there's two of me, like actually two of me. One of them is the old you, and one of them is the new you, that is Jesus, right? Now, the old you has to die daily. Okay. And by dying, that means that that entire individual, that is you, needs to die so that the new you can come forth, right? Now, who determines whether or not the old you is dead? The head pastor. And, and that's the way it. That he Just that, him. He's the decider. Just him. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he has his lieutenants. See, here's the thing is it's kind of like that 1950s style church. It's, it's taken from some Lutheranism, which is where the two of you things comes from. But they cherry pick from every different type of religion that you can think of. Mm-hmm. And then it's also kind of mafia based in the sense that the head pastor has his little pastors underneath. They have their families that are in charge of these little guys, and it, it goes down the waterfall. Right. I happen to be in one of the families that was very low on the totem pole, mm-hmm. and that's kind of why... You know, when you're lower on the totem pole, you don't get as much, how do you say, care and raising and, you know, thought. Uh, it's more kind of like you're on your own, but you're still going to be doing our house rules. Right. And yeah. you're still going to be making sure that you are talking every day. You are clean every day. You know, all this type of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So in the school, back to the school yeah. thing. Um, so you'd have fines and credits. There'd be demerits. If you got a demerit, you got sent home, which is 30 second walk. The school system itself is strange. It's very strange, very low on the academic type of scale. Mm. They they quite literally, the teacher will just give you A's if Mm. they think that, you know, if you're a good enough kid or if you're related to the pastor and not like, you'll just, you'll just fly right through. No problem. Uh Um, The main focus in school was music because the head pastor, his whole vision, and this is, we've never been able to figure this out. His whole vision was to see Children, and this is going to sound crazy to see children on a stage playing music. So you would be practicing an instrument every day for hours at a time, just any instrument. It didn't matter, but you uh-huh. would be put somewhere depending on the instrument, right? Uh-huh. So we had an orchestra, we had a children's orchestra, we had a children's brass band, we had children singing. I sang from uh, ages six to 18, you know, like you would be singing, and it's all for this one man so that he can determine whether or not your performance was clean. And now that's another key word that we're going to go into there. Clean is basically that old you is washed away right. and the new you has come forth, which is Jesus. So um, am I going too quick for you here? No, not at all. It's just a lot, but,
0: but I guess the thing I I, I want to kind of press down on a little bit is there's the original pastor, then there's the yes. guy he sort of passed the reins off to, who is the current correct. guy, correct? Correct. And you said that there's no uh there's no like evangelizing, there's no new members, there's no recruitment process. So no. all the people in the church are ha- are descendants of original members, is that right? Yes. And so your parents who their de- My parents.
1: Yeah, so my parents joined. My dad, he uh he grew up in Minnesota. He's an old Irish brute, um, but he he jumped a train back when he was about 18 years old. This had been in the 70s. Mm-hmm. He jumped a train, and he actually joined as one of the original members. Oh. And he used to be pretty high up here. What happened? But because any time that he went against what the main pastors were saying, you get pegged down lower and lower and lower on the totem pole.
0: Okay, that is oh, the most classic yeah. cult shit that there is. Yes oh, I mean, yes. you say it cherry picks oh, yeah. from all these other world religions and stuff like that denominations oh, yeah. it clearly also is cherry picking. What I always wonder, and there's no nec- not, not I'm not necessarily asking you because I don't know if there's even an answer to the question sure. but the fact that these cults always end up mirroring one another, whether they know about one another or not, whether they're doing it intentionally or not, they yeah. all follow this sort of same rubric almost sure uh yeah, and you know this was. This The thing you're describing about your parents sort of being knocked down a few pegs if they yeah. went against the main pastor, that's true of certain Mormon sects. That's true of other offshoot cults yeah. that are, you know, everything from the mainstream ones to the really off and out in the wilderness wild ones. Yeah.
1: So one interesting thing about gospel outreach is, uh, and I grew up doing this, mm-hmm. we make fun of LDS. Mm. We make fun of the Mormons. They're too out there. They're too, yeah. what's the word? They're too... um. Let's just say they're too known. Yeah. Uh, One of the things that the head pastor gets off on is the fact that we're hidden. That's, that's something that he likes to say, the hidden church and all this stuff. Interesting. Yeah. So we make fun. We grew up making fun of the other type of people that have cult mentalities like LDS, Mormonism, all that type of stuff. Right. We grew up making fun of that because that's not being a true Christian. Right. Because they're not clean because they, they worship an idol. Whereas our head pastor he's not an idol god forbid he, yeah no absolutely not he's the hand of god right. he is he is speaking through god yeah and so you actually believe like i legitimately believed till i was about 17 years old this guy is god wow and it's just a normal thing you're you are brought and raised to believe these things yeah. you know um anyways but uh yeah so that's kind of how I started. Sorry, I went on off on a little tangent no, there. No, no,
2: yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, so once I uh, kind of went through school, oh, the other thing at school is uh, sex ed is not teach there. That's one of the things that is, so it's very taboo to talk about that. You're not even allowed to be alone in a room with a girl if you're a boy, otherwise you are reprimanded heavily.
2: Really? You are
1: home from school. You're not allowed to come back to school until you speak with your, fa- with your parent To the pastor, and the pastor will deem whether or not you are forgiven enough to go back to school. Otherwise, you just do homeschool stuff at home with your mom. Uh, Now, my mother was a teacher in the school. Okay, the way that they get around the whole because none of them are actually teachers, Right, right? Yeah, the way that they get around that is they have this classroom with all these little kids, right? And the teachers are all the mothers of the children, and they cycle around almost like a roulette, teaching different subjects. Okay. So for instance, my mom would only teach me two classes out of the day. She's still technically teaching me, so it's not illegal. Oh. But I'm being taught by the pastor's wives or his son's wives and that type of stuff so that they can teach me to be whatever it is they wanted me to be, which is a little soldier. So, so as
0: long as yeah. you are being taught by your own parent, it's legal. Correct. And that's how they skirt the law. Correct. Got it. Okay. And
1: if any, I'll never forget, there would be inspectors that would come to look at the building and whatnot, right? Mm. I'll never forget the rush that it was to make sure that all the children, the fire inspector, right? All the children would disperse. Yeah. And it would just be a select few that were in the building yeah. so that we could go over the occupancy. And also, uh, the mothers would always move to the classroom that their children were at. Right, right, right. So right. it would be a lot more, you know what I mean? So yeah. they, they really, really... They, they stick to the gray area. Yeah. You know, they love, um, you know, so on that point, um, the, the, the school point, I don't want to stick to the school stuff. Cause that was still when I was young and whatnot, mm-hmm. now we're going to be moving a little bit more into when I was a young man. And I started learning a little bit more of the language mm-hmm. of the church mm-hmm. and what was required of me. So as a young man in that church, your main requirement is you need to get married. That's the main thing you, you need to get married. But who do you marry? Well, you marry somebody that is virtuous. That's one. And two, you cannot marry or date or talk to anyone outside of the church. It's extremely frowned upon. You, Typical cult-like behavior. So you can't even uh,
0: intermingle at all? No. Okay. So, not so what is your perception of the outside world? I'm sure it's just whatever you're told by the pastor himself or his lieutenants. Like, yeah. What do you know? Whether it's true or not, what are you being told
1: about the outside world? We're being told that everybody in the outside world is evil and going to hell. If you leave the church, you are now evil and going to hell. We hate, you hate us. We don't hate you. Right. You hate us. Right. Okay. If you ever come back, the only way that you're coming back is you need to sit down with the pastors, all that stuff. We were also told that, you know, women uh, that had dresses above the knee going to hell. Wow. They're, you know, they're showing off their bodies, all this stuff. Men that were really super into it, like working out and all that stuff. Uh, it's just a glorious story. You're going to hell. Like you, you're going to hell regardless. Like if you are not on that property, right. you are not in that church. You are a sinner who is going to hell, who's in need of forgiveness, but we're not going to do anything about it. Right, right, right. The other thing is when you go to the store, you don't wander off. The only time that you get to go to the store is if your parents with you, obviously, right. even as a young man. I was not allowed to go to the store unless I was sent to the store, mm. right? So you'd be sent, like, okay, you can go to Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, okay, cool. So you can do these things, yeah. um, but you got to make sure they're vetted, yeah. you know, from the high ups first, right? Wow. Um, yeah. Now, when I was a young man and I started getting out of school and whatnot, uh, my pressure was to get married. You know, the way to do that is you have to prove to the pastors. Now, courting was the normal thing, right? Um, you have to prove to the pastors that you're worthy of the virtuous women in the church. Mm-hmm, okay? mm-hmm. The way that you do that is you literally do whatever they tell you to do whenever they tell you to do it. <laughs> so they would naturally, what I'll never forget. One of the times, um, they told every young man in the church on this, on Sunday, if you want to get married, you'd roll on the ground, like a dog in front of me. And we all did Whoa. I mean, 25 minutes. We would be rolling around all, like a dog, screaming, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah, praise the Lord, all this stuff. And when the head pastor would raise his hand, everybody would stop and you'd stand back up. Well, we are talking about total emotional and mental control of an individual. What and a weird sexual... power trip too. That's just oh, yeah. like so fucking oh, yeah. weird, you know? Yeah. yeah. Now, that being said, cue the next part of this church, yeah. uh, young man, is the morning meeting. I think this is something that you're going to find very interesting. Uh, Morning meeting is, uh, you know, going back to what I when I first started, I was talking about there's two of you. you Yeah. The old you needs to die. The new you can come forth and he's Jesus. Well, the morning meeting is for young men only. It's men only. And you go at 630 in the morning every day before work, and you're not allowed to go out to work in the church businesses without going to this meeting. Okay. This meeting is basically a spiritual murder of your soul. Mm. Uh, you will sit down with a nice cup of coffee. And if you're deemed not clean, yeah. or if you walk in a certain way, or you have a certain look on your face, there will be, it's like, it's like sharks to blood. Mm. They will look at you and somebody will say, you're not clean. You're a pervert. You're a murderer. You're this, all this stuff. and until you break down crying and like just completely shut off every sense of dignity, you just say basically, "I repent, I'm sorry, I want to be clean." And if you don't jump in, by the way, when somebody's rebuking you, if you don't jump in, you're the next one. Ah, uh, you, everybody in that meeting, even if they're your own brother. Right. I've had brothers yell at me for things that afterwards they're like, I have no idea why I said that to you, but you wow. know, I, I feel like I needed to. Yeah. So shame and embarrassment is like the the main thing there that they try to push. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the morning meetings were interesting because anyone can start them. Um, mm. I remember many times going in there and there'd be like two minutes of silence because nobody was saying anything. And then the head pastor, he believed silence is darkness. You you always had to be talking. You oh, always wow. had to speaking. You always had to be saying something because if you weren't, that's the devil and he's eating you up. And that's interesting so,
0: because that it w- what that also does is it prevents you from having any great introspection or really deep thought because if you're always correct.
1: talking, you're never thinking.
0: Correct. Yeah, yeah.
1: The other thing is you're always so if you're not talking about the right things, right? Yeah, that's something that you are like. For instance, I remember one time going into a meeting. And uh, I raised my hand and I said, One thing my dad was saying, because that's how a lot of them would start. Or, like, I heard Pastor, uh-huh. say yeah. all this stuff. But I remember saying one thing my dad was saying, and I got shut down immediately. And they were like, No, 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 because my dad is on lower totem pole.
2: Oh, wow. I'm
1: not allowed to say what my father was saying because my dad is not clean. So I would ha- then have to say, You know, I repent. I'm sorry. I won't speak to, you know, I won't speak about this, like all this stuff. Wow. Uh, if you were sick, and you didn't make it to the meeting, uh-huh. you would prove that you are sick. You would, you would have to show that you are sick and there would have to be witnesses that you are sick. You know what I mean? Like people, they want you involved in everything, but that's the thing is none of it. If you were to say, well, I feel like I'm being forced to do this. This is where the manipulation game comes in because they would then say, nobody told you you had to do this. Right. And then, and then you say, oh, okay, well, I don't want to do this. And then they say, Yeah, no, that's fine. And then you start realizing paycheck gets cut. Uh huh. The way that that works is you start off in the church businesses at minimum wage. Right. Everything you can make $175,000 a year off of bonuses. Right. And nation. Right, right, right. And if you're not doing what they say, well, they'll just cut your bonuses. Yeah. And keep going down and down and down and down and down. And, uh, so yeah, what
0: what are okay. the sorry but what are the church businesses because i'm assuming this money is coming from somewhere that is lucrative so what? absolutely
1: so there are three main businesses in the church the first one is more on auto body um it's like a mobile auto body shop you okay. know back in the 90s that was like something yes. that started coming up people learned how to do glass repair they learned how to do leather repair vinyl repair my specialty was wheel repair right so like we would We would basically go and sell. There'd be people that were sent out and they would go and sell to different dealerships Mm. and they would basically create a crew to go out there and be sent to go out and take care of everything that they needed to get done. The other business is a sign business. So casino signs, lighting, like all that type of stuff, right? So they make millions a year on doing this because they have so many people that are doing this. Right. But when you go out, you're only getting thirty to forty percent. If you're a lead, you're only getting thirty to forty percent of what you actually produce. Wow. The rest of it goes to the business, which then goes to the church., yeah. and the way that they do their taxes is because it's a nonprofit. Well, we don't really we, we don't really need to pay taxes. You know what I mean, we do, yeah. right? But it's it's so, how do you say gray area? Yeah, the gray area is where they they love this. Um, yeah. so, Anyways, back to the, the business type of thing, yeah. right? So I was doing, I was working on cars, the auto body stuff since I was 10 years old. Um, working, like, like you have a job, you're working. working. It was painting bumpers wow. at 10 years old. Wow, I was doing vinyl repair at 10 years old. Um, to this day, I still do it because it's a great moneymaker yeah. and you know, I, my wife and I own a business doing it and stuff. And we are right now still, there competing with us because i am sinful and unworthy and uh you know so there's yeah um i grew up in the tacoma church so there's four different i
0: was gonna ask how many branches yeah Yeah. i grew
1: up in the tacoma one that's where one of the head lieutenants is in charge of the main one is in olympia washington the capital okay and um that's where the head pastor is right the next one's in portland oregon and the next one's in eureka california okay uh all of them it's like a buzz through the church. It starts with the head pastor and he's calling all the lieutenants and all this stuff. And then the buzz goes through the church and there are times where things seem pretty, you know, normal. And then all of a sudden it gets very radical because the head pastor believes that there's sin in the camp right? and and kill things, you know? So yeah, one of the other things that is said often from the head pastor is, and this is going to sound crazy, but, um, He would say, if you don't kill your family daily, you're going to hell. You're a sinner. And by kill your family, that means you need to destroy their spirit, right? So you need to destroy their soul so that the spirit can be released. And And, that is through any means necessary. And so what
0: does that look like? Like destroying the spirit, it sounds, I can conjure a thing that comes to mind, but like what in practice, what is happening every day? In in these
1: homes, right? So there's a book that was written. It's called uh, Release of the Spirit. It's by, I think it's, oh, something, one moment. Anyways, it's called the Release of the Spirit. Okay. Basically, that was one of the books that kind of formed the church, okay? What it means is you have three layers as a human being. You have your flesh and bones, then you have your soul, Uh and then you have your spirit, okay? Okay. The flesh, the body and soul need to be broken down to nothing in order for the spirit to be released. It needs to be crushed. What that means is anything that you think from your own mind, if you think something is good, it's not good because that's your, your flesh and body and your soul wow. telling you what to do. The only thing that is good is what the head pastor deems as good. So if you woke up at seven o'clock and you were late by five minutes um, to something. I don't know. Let's yeah. just take that as an example, yeah. right? That means that you are lazy. That means that you hate the church. You hate your family. You hate the children. You hate everything that they go- that is going on. And if you do not repent in dust and ashes, you know, like metaphorically, of course, yeah. if you do not repent with a broken and contrite heart, then you are not clean. You are still evil. You are still sinful. Um, and so back to your question about what does that look like on a daily basis? Well, you need to talk to the pastors or their sons daily. And by talking, I still don't know what that means because right. that was something that we heard when we were like 13 years old. It was like, you need to talk, you need to talk, you need right. to talk. I remember many times going, talk about what? Yeah. And like, that's an evil question of evil. That's uh, evil. You, you, go repent. You know what I mean? Like that was like the whole thing. And if you didn't repent one on one with the pastor, Well, then you would have to, there would be more people brought in. If you didn't repent to them, you'd have to stand in front of the entire church on Sunday and repent to them. And if you didn't do it then, shunned completely, excommunicated.
0: And so what does repenting look like in practice? Like, again, I could conjure up something, an image.
1: Repenting looks like whatever the pastor feels like is a broken and contrite heart. Okay. So what you would do is you would walk up and you would say your sin Right. You would say, let's say somebody falsely accused you of looking at their wife. Mm. Well, you would walk up and you would say, I, I'm sorry that I, fe- I made you feel that way. That type of talk doesn't happen. Oh. They would say, yeah,
0: You did do you this. You did it. Okay. Yeah. You
1: did do this. And then you would say, You're right. I did do that. And they're like, And this is how you're going to pay. You're not going to come to the business. You know, you're not going to be able to okay, work yeah. until Wednesday. Right. And then you're like, Okay. And then you say, I repent. Will you please forgive me? I'm sorry. Will you please forgive me? And then they say, yes, of course, you're forgiven. Wow. And then they say, but before civilly, right? Civilly, there's civil and spiritual, right? So right. there's two realms for them. Civilly, <sighs> I can't trust you because you looked at my wife. But spiritually, you're right before God. So then it's up to them to decide when you're deemed worthy enough to go back to work. Right? God. So but yeah. So the it is, layers it is
0: and simple. levels of rules and like, it's and just... It's just yes. all about control yeah, yeah. To, to to what end you have to wonder, I mean this main pastor figure uh your personal experience with him is is there a lot like you've had a lot of one like not one on one but like you've been in the same space and seen him behave yeah. many times, i'm assuming, yeah, and well, wh- what is the sense you get from this guy like wh-
1: what what is- when he walks into a room yeah the only thing that goes through that room is fear. Right. The only thing that goes through that room. I didn't I have only had maybe seven or eight conversations with the guy. The main thing because he was in the Olympia church, right? My right, main right, right. my main point of contact would have been the Tacoma Church pastor, who is also insane. I mean, he's quite literally uh, there's somebody that left the church that writes letters every year on the dot. They call him the neutered wolf. Whoa. And yeah, because he is basically one of the head lieutenants of the head pastor. And he calls him every day because he has to, because he needs to be daily clean, daily forgiven, all this stuff, right? Wow. His mind, his oh gosh, the way that man operates is like a computer, like a soulless, lifeless computer. And if he thinks something you did is not right and that could be literally anything it could be the fact that you're walking across uh one of the fields with your shoelace untied right right told you to tie it last week you didn't tie it this week well it would be like you're not listening to me nope you're done you're out boom and it would be total it would be there is no room for mercy really you know so yeah um the other thing is back to the marriage thing this is the thing the reason why I'm going back to this, is because that's kind of the main thing where they get people Okay. because sexual repression and lack of sexual education in that place is how they control you. Yeah. They're, they make it to where it's this thing that is like, you know, it's so clean to be able to get married and, you know, marry a virgin and be a virgin, like all this stuff. Right. Um, so the weddings that would happen, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, the fiddler on the roof sure. story. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. So. It's very similar to that. Uh, In fact, it's based off of that style. Um, Before the wedding, there is a men's meeting. Again, another meeting.
2: Uh uh,
1: Separate from the morning meetings, but it's a a meeting that you are required to give $500 to the groom if you show up. It's a requirement. If you don't, again, requirement. If you don't, oh, you're going to hear about that for the next year. Because... You give your money to them, showing them that money means nothing to you. Right. You're there, completely committed. right? right? Yeah. Then there's a brother's dance in the wedding. The brother's dance is exactly like how Tevye, um, the, the, the wedding that was in Fiddler of the Roof. Mm-hmm. Um, it's literally that where the Russians and the Jews, they get together. They have that whole dance. Yeah. Uh, there's this song that goes on, all this stuff. So the brothers do that. The sister's dance is for the bride. And the sisters dance, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with the movie Midsummer. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Picture that costume, that get up, that's the sisters dance. And they dance for 15 to 20 minutes. The brothers dance for about 30 to 45 minutes. And if you're not screaming and praising the Lord for that 45 minutes, you're out. You don't get to go to the next one. What and not the only Fuck, dude. Oh, like, yeah. What- oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and in the wedding, too. It's a very common thing that the, the bride and groom, they're not the main point. Like, uh-huh. they're not. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're married, like yeah. moving on. Yeah. Celebration is what is important. And that's usually ran by uh, the head pastor. Uh, and he has one of his, um, he has a band, or they have a band there called the Dead Polka Dogs. And they play polka music. They play what? whatever music. Yes. Yes. They actually have an album on Apple Music um, oh, I'm going to be listening to The dead to that. dogs. Yeah. And it's it's nuts. Like, the, the reason why they like the dead dogs is because you're just a dog, basically. Like, uh-huh. that's quite literally what you are. You're just a dog. Right. You're, an, you're a beast. Yeah. You're nothing. Yeah. And you're also dead because dead is life. Death is life. Yeah, and yeah, And yeah. clean is life, right? So anyways, um, so they would, you know, the band would play all day and everything and at any point in time if the head pastor holds up his hand again much like mafia t- type mentality if he held up his hand everything stops Whoa. and he would take sometimes 5 minutes to walk up through the aisles and stand at the podium and then speak for an hour and a half about how somebody was hanging out the uh, around back and wasn't coming to the front of the party and everyone's rebuking him in the middle of the way what so yeah oh yeah 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 oh yeah so being rebuked is like the worst thing that can happen to you because everyone's watching. Yeah. But we live in a glass house. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if everyone's watching you. Right. You want to be clean.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: And if you're not clean, what are you doing here? Yeah. And uh, They tell that to children. They tell that to children. They say, well, you're not going to be, you're not going to be here if you're not wanting to be doing what we're doing. Right. So children believe I believe Uh, In my teens, I believed that they would actually kick me out uh, and I would be on the streets homeless. I'd have to live by myself uh, because I didn't know any better. I thought that this was the only place on earth that I will ever possibly be. I guess if I left, I'd die. So
0: what would have, would they have kicked you? Like, how does that, like, would they have kicked you out if, like, would they have seen that all the way through?
1: So here's the thing is they can say that right they will say all these radical statements but then there's the law yeah law basically you can't do that
0: Right. right exactly
2: but
1: because you're brainwashed you believe they will do that right so they're bluffing completely right you don't know that right because you were born and raised to believe that what they say is gospel what they say is quite literally the law and um so yeah, I, uh, I was in a lot of fear when I did leave when I was 18 years old. I left and, um, you know, the first time that I ever had sex, I actually legitimately threw up yeah. and thought that I would be struck by lightning Man. by God. Man, Like in my brain, I was just like, okay, I'm going to hell now. I'm going to die. Yeah. Like, this is it. It's over for me. And um, when you leave, there's nobody, you're not allowed to contact uh, at, uh, the person that left yeah so i wasn't able to talk to my family for years you know uh unless they left too then you could kind of reconnect but your brain is just so fried that like you don't know really you know you don't know how to to communicate you don't know how to talk right um
0: you know and that's sort of what i wanted to talk about as well now that you're getting to you know further along in years and the the the, i guess i want to talk about or i'm very curious about like the How does the idea of leaving even come to you? And when it does come to you, how does that take root in you? And how does that develop? Because I would imagine for a very, 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 very long time, for at least the first 15 years of your life, it doesn't even enter your mind because it's not an option because your mind is too young to even conceive of it, right? So, but then at some point, the seed enters your headspace. And how does that... Seed, bloom, and to the point that you actually do leave. Like, how does that initial thing take hold for you?
1: A lot of it has to do with, well, there's usually three things. So mm-hmm. for me, it was all three things. Um, one of them is if somebody actually harmed you physically ah. and you were to report it. Like, for instance, I was sexually assaulted when I was in there by a boy that was about six years older than me. Got it. Um, I tried telling people. They didn't believe it because that's impossible. There's mm. no way that could ever happen. I got spanked for it very violently uh, for being, a, and I was pegged a liar, right? So I, about 16 years old, I was like, I don't want to be pegged a liar anymore. This is ridiculous. That's when I started thinking about it. And then the other thing, the main thing is obviously sex, girls. It's it's You've been so repressed and told to believe that this is so wrong. It's so wrong and there's no way possible right. that it could be right unless it's done their way. Right. Then you go to any mall and you see that there's boyfriends and girlfriends, you see people holding hands, you see all this stuff and you start thinking like, okay, I want that. Um, you know, I can't get that. So for me, I started, uh, I got a iPod and I started getting on the megal or like different, you know, mm. chat sites and stuff and talking to people outside of the church and I got found out. And, um, that was rough. Um, so again, first one is physical. Next one is usually sex. That's the main one. And then the last one is a little different. That is usually, you're just so done with hearing people yell at you and rebuked. You're also so done with waking up at five o'clock in the morning, just so that you can go to this meeting and be yelled at for two hours. And then practice, you know, go to work all day and then come home and have music practices till one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So many humans that can keep that up. Yeah. But we did for years. So you just get burnt out basically. And yeah. you start, you, you're making money. You're making a lot of money. The more secretive you are about your plan, the more money you're making right. because you're able to keep that bonus in check. Right. So for me, my plan was about two years into making. No one just leaves. Whoa. Nobody just leaves. It takes years of planning, secret planning and and stacking money and figuring it out. Whoa. My problem was I was always on the fence because I was a little young still. I, I was led to believe that I would marry a girl in the church. Um, I was talking about it when I was 13 years old. Like that's how nuts this is, because yeah. you're, you're a young man now. You're, you're supposed to be get, trying to get married, right. But 13 years old, I'm thinking, I, I need to marry this one.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. I, the way that you do that is you talk to the pastor first, the pastor deems whether or not you're worthy enough to talk to the dad, and then the dad will deem whether you are worthy enough to talk to the girl. Right. So if the girl, if you go through all those hoops and they make you go through some crazy hoops, i.e. rolling on the ground, like a dog, uh, just any random time, giving money, just like, you know, give me $10,000, whatever it is. Right. Just give me this, just to show me that you have faith in me or like stuff like that. Whatever trial they decide that you have to go through in order to get married, that's what you have to do. And if you don't want to do that, then they say, there's the door. Yeah. So that's kind of how it was for me. I was led to believe that I was going to marry this one girl. Uh, and the pastor's grandson was interested in uh, this girl as well. And boom, all of it done. That's a more common thing that you think. I mean, you've got people literally marrying first cousins in there, you've yeah. got people that are. They have their sights set on one girl. There's more guys than girls in the church too, mm. like more young guys. So, like you, you've got your sights set on one, and uh, before you know it, somebody that's a little more holier than you wants to marry her too, and you're done. You're out, yeah. and you don't even get to talk about it. You don't even get to dispute it. It's just you don't even get to talk to the girl about it. So it's basically just no. That's it. You're done.
0: What's up with the hypocrisy of? you get sexually assaulted by a boy six years older than you and you speak up about it and then you're the one that's in deep shit for doing that then if some random high high, somewhat high up guy at the church says some other guy that's a little bit lower at the church was looking at his wife in the wrong way Mm -hmm. that person is believed
1: like what Obviously it's not depends. addressed, yeah. but like what the fuck is yeah. going on there, you know? So it does depend on your family a lot. Okay, so yeah. instance, there's more families that are a lot more holy than the other families, right? Typically the ones that are related to the pastor. Right. So that being said, a person of my caliber, now you gotta remember my dad is also in the picture here. Right. My dad is nuts. I mean, the guy's crazy to begin with. I mean, he has he's a narcissistic, autistic individual that just so happened to stumble across the church in the 70s, 80s. And, you know, he's, he was a very violent man to begin with, and they didn't like that, but because he was in there already, and because he was friends with the head pastor before he was head pastor, he's still allowed to be around, Mm. you know, even when he left my mom, right? Like, even when he left her, he's still allowed to come back on Sundays, but he's the, the clown. He's the clown around that, like everybody uses him as an example. So for me to say that my story about the younger guy, well, my dad was also pegged a liar. Mm. My other brothers are pegged liars because the sins of the father yeah, reflected on the son, right? So it, it wouldn't matter what I had to say. It wouldn't matter if I got, I, I remember many times there would be a kid, he was the grandson of the head pastor. Whenever I'd go to Olympia, he'd punch me in the face. This happened four times. They so he just punched me in the face just because he didn't like me. You know, he's just a bully. Yeah. You know, he got me like, you know, I had acne, crazy acne scars and stuff. He'd just make fun of my looks, make fun of the family, all this stuff. Jesus. And I couldn't do anything. I wouldn't do anything about it because it's like, hold on. There's a line that I don't yeah. want to cross. Yeah. And I don't want to hear from my dad, who's already violent, that, you know, I, I don't want any, any smoke. Like, I don't want anything yeah. brought up. But yeah so. it's
0: conditioning at a certain point you don't cross yeah. that line because you oh, don't absolutely. want to deal with the brunt of it yeah. so your parents your you said your father or your mother left the church or did my i my just...
1: dad my dad left my mother and um, does that mean so he
0: left dad... the church or does that
1: is because that's not allowed in, within the in the cult? So, right yeah so for a time he left the church okay um uh, and he uh you know he he got involved in a biker gang like all this stuff Whoa. whatever but in his own crazy brain. Yeah, that's a different story. Another time. <laughs> his own crazy brain. Like we got to remember too, because we were lower on the totem pole in the church, yeah. we had certain things happening outside of the church that no one really knew about, right? right? Like one of them in particular was I was an MMA fighter. Uh, my dad put me into um, uh, kickboxing and jujitsu when I was 10 years old because my dad was a, Right. So he took second in state in wrestling in Minnesota, right? And he always wanted his little fighter. Right. So you've got the church's views and what they wanted. And then you've got my dad's views and what he wanted in the church, right? So like, it's all like this crazy, you know, it's, it's, it's an addition to the story, but I'd like to keep on the point of, yeah. of the, church the whole. Um, but when my dad left, the way that it worked, that he was able to come back is his life went so downhill Uh, and you know, he became an alcoholic, all this stuff that he finally called up the pastor of our church and they were old friends and Mm -hmm. he repented. Mm -hmm. Now we don't know what that looked like, but it would have to have been a very big one. You know what I mean? Like, like repent and dust and ashes and all this stuff, because then the pastor would think, okay, I'll allow you to come to church on Sundays, but you're not allowed to talk to your family. And so they are in complete control of that. They're still in control of the fact that my mom doesn't have a job. They specifically have told her many times, do not get a job, but they also don't allow my dad to pay child support. They also didn't get a divorce for years because they don't believe in divorce. So who is funding our family? We were because we worked in the church businesses. We were getting money from the church and we took care of my mom. So I have six, no, five brothers. So there's six boys, two girls in my family. We are all paying for my mother for the rent of the house wow. that was owned by the church, by the way. Church owns all property on the property. Oh, so, so
0: the, the individual families basically rent from the... Oh, wow. Yes. Wow. Oh, yes. What an operation. I mean, control. that is like just complete a, a control, totally enclosed circle. Everything yeah. is kept inside.
1: Absolutely. I mean, w- when we say we're hidden, I mean, we used to call it Narnia. Like that's, that's one of the, the keywords for the church is like, no, we live in Narnia. Another one is the Shire, you know, like in Lord of the Rings like, no, we are completely hidden from the world. And, you know, there is conditioning when you go out. Uh, It's very, very common before you go out, or if you're going to do like a school field trip, which usually was bullshit. Um, If you go out, it's like, okay, don't talk to anyone. That's one, obviously. yeah. The next one is if somebody wants to talk to you, be polite, just be you. Right. But also if anyone asks, you know, like, uh, if anyone asks, who are you? Or like, why are you guys all dressed like this or whatever it is? Just say my mom's right there or my dad's right there. Mm. I'm not supposed to talk to strangers or whatever. Even when you're like 15, 16, yeah, right, right, like, right. you can talk to my parents. They're over there. Um, yeah. Or like, there's other things too. Like, uh. In the church, right, there's like a worship team, and uh, I was in the worship team for a long time. One of the things that you might find this interesting, um, the head pastor hired, Is it's so weird, he hired a black choir director to teach the rest of the, the church, who's primarily white, there's only one black person in the church, to, he hired him to teach the choir to be more black. What? does that even mean basically sing with soul and the head pastor (laughs) believed that we weren't singing with enough soul out of our hymn book or our praise songs so he would hire this guy once a year to come by and he would teach us to be more black wow and i have to this day i still have no idea what that means yeah of course nobody there knows what it means right but i remember they would say that what are you doing guys like be more black with it and it's just like, what are you talking about?
0: Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, there's just there's a lot of crazy things that would just you would deem as normal, right? You would deem as this is acceptable. And when I left, my mind was blown. Yeah. I mean, I had had no idea yeah. how to talk to. Me. Yeah. Uh, to this day, it's difficult keeping friends or yeah, having friends sure. to begin with. Um, the mere fact that I got married was like a miracle to me, right? So like my wife, she she actually went to the church for a month just to check it out. Mm-hmm. And she showed up with a dress that was directly at her knee, <laughs> not above the below, right, right. directly at her knee. And she got pulled aside by three women who asked her never to come back again with a dress that was that, uh they called her a whore basically. She's showing uh, off her body. Like we don't allow whores in our church, like that type of stuff. Wow. And uh yeah. Oh yeah. So Anyways. yeah.
0: So When you, because you talking about that made me think about, you know, it's one thing to muster up strength, the money in your case, to Mm -hmm. get out, but it's a whole other thing to have, like, how did you even know what to expect? Obviously, your expectations were wrong anyway about the world you were entering, but like, what did you expect about the world you were exiting into? Like, and and how was that expectation correct, and how was it wrong, and how did you deal with
1: that? So I put blinders on um, very heavily in the sense that I knew what I needed was a steady income. Like it was all survival at that point. So when you leave, you're pretty feral. Uh-huh. Uh, you are in fear of literally everything. Yeah. So um, when I left, uh, I I took a so I got found out on a Thursday, booked a plane ticket on a Friday and was in Michigan on a Saturday, um, one-way ticket. And I had, at that time, now here's the thing, when I say that I saved up money, I also just happened that week, I didn't know I would be getting found out. I just so happened that week to spend most of my money on a wedding. Oh, wow. Donations. So wow. I had $1,500 to my name and a backpack full of clothes. Yeah. I had Whoa. no car, no nothing. My oh, so mom wait, did why, me-
0: why, why, why Michigan?
1: We. <laughs> I met a girl online. Amazing. Uh, didn't work out. <laughs> but but it got you out. It got me out, but I met here's here's where it gets crazy okay, too. Okay, yeah. Um this is the mindset that you're in when you leave, right? Like yeah. you're so insane. Yeah. You're so like like people would look at you and be like, "Okay, that guy belongs in an institution."
2: Uh-huh.
1: By day 3 of me being out, the mother of the girl who had met me once called the police on me and said that I was a uh, it was going to kidnap her daughter, uh, said that, I mean, I was so stupid. I actually asked the girl to marry me after knowing her for two weeks. Like oh, that's man. the mindset that you're yeah. in. You believe that this is how it's supposed to be. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I would say things to the girl that even she would like check with her mom and go, um, this guy's crazy. <laughs> and you yeah. know what I mean? And, yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, that's so, the other thing that yeah. the
0: church is doing to you. It's, it's not only teaching you this warped fucked up way of life but it's preparing you that if you ever do leave you're completely ill prepared to exist in the outside world
1: which makes you want to go back yeah now here's the craziest part is and this is this is where to this day i'm still at odds in my brain Mm -hmm. is one thing the, the the church does teach you is business so that's how I was able to become an entrepreneur. That's how I was able right. within my first day. Like I didn't even know what a resume was to get a job, to get my job. So when I flew in on Saturday, Monday morning, I walked across the street to a carpet cleaning company and I sold my way into a good position with that carpet cleaning company at 18 years old. Wow. And I sold my way within 15 minutes to being one of their top guys. And yeah. they hired me on the spot. They didn't see it, need to see a resume. They just needed ID. They needed, you know, a background check, you know, the right. basic stuff. Yeah. And um, I've never had a problem getting a job. Uh, I've never had a problem working. Everybody that sees us work, they're like, you are phenomenal. Like, I can't believe this. Right. Yeah. That's that's the ticket. You know, you know how to work because you've been forced to work since you were a boy. And um, as far as social stuff, though, not even like you, you do not know how to socialize. You don't even know how to talk to a woman without creeping them out you know what i mean because i can only imagine i mean yeah it yeah, makes total yeah. sense yeah absolutely I mean, it took yeah. Me going to therapy for three and a half years to finally realize what boundaries were you yeah. know what i mean like, i i didn't even know that that was a thing or like you know how to keep friendships how to start friendships yeah. how to talk to people that wasn't so just weird you know yeah. and um, yeah, like uh the other one is understanding that the church has a language that they use. It's the English language, but I'm saying they have right. a hidden language. Of course, they have yeah. an inner inner ring circle way yeah. of talking. That if you were to talk like that to a normal person, right. they'd be like, um, whoa, this yeah. guy belongs to the Netflix documentary. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like that type of stuff. Totally. So, yeah. Um, it was very difficult. And you're you're just stuck in survival mode um as long as you can, and you're conditioned to believe that the longer you're out you're going to hell
0: right of you course know? i mean that's always the ultimate hook oh. right like do you yeah, really want this punishment yeah yeah yeah
1: eternal damnation yeah. is pretty much the that's what you're settling for yeah and uh, you know to this day it still keeps me up at night sometimes <laughs> like i'm i would say that i've only been out for 8 years and i am i'm healing you know yeah. like after therapy and everything but even to this day there's not one day that goes by that i don't dream about the church and right. I don't dream about situations and I don't dream about certain ways of talking to people or just like, I catch myself sometimes too, like being in a Starbucks and seeing a family and just mm. judging the heck out of that family by mm. the way that they're treating or the way that the children is, is treating the parent. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's just like, you know, well, that's not right. And then you're like, man, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. it's like it, brain just snaps and it's yeah. just, it's a, it's a very strange dynamic. Um, You can't go more than five minutes without thinking about your programming. Um, Yeah,
0: I mean, you were, you know, it's one way of saying it is you were in there for eighteen years of your life, or however many years of your life. That's a lot of years. But another way of saying it is the it was the first eighteen years of your life, meaning all of the formative years. Yep all of all of the years all of the days all of the hours all of the minutes not no other part of your life was outside of that how could you yeah. possibly the fact that you are out and are thriving and and you're married and you can t- we can have this conversation yeah. and i can totally understand you and think you're sure. a normal person in the world that <laughs> that is a fucking miracle just that yeah. Because how could, you, how could you be developed for so long in this one way, just totally forced into this way of thinking, not even being in any way exposed to any other way of life? In fact, the opposite being having this shit drilled into you in every which way. Yeah. How could you even be expected to think any other way? The fact that you are here is amazing. The fact that you are outside of it and living and surviving and existing and communicating and all of these things yeah. is fucking amazing. The fact that anybody can do that is amazing. And I'm not yeah. just saying this to blow smoke up your ass. It's actually amazing. Like, I can't well, really I wrap my head around it because the, 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 the willpower it takes, the, the wherewithal it takes to, to say, no, I am stepping out of this. There is something outside of this that yeah. is better, even though I don't know. And everything I've been told is the opposite. There's, yeah. th- there's something insanely bold and strong about well, that.
1: Well, it takes, uh, I've been told by my therapist, it takes no small amount of courage. Um, and that's something that I can see. This is something I learned in therapy is being proud of yourself, right? Yeah. Like you yeah. love, self-respect, that type Correct. of stuff. Yeah, I'm not allowed to do that. I didn't even yeah. know that was a thing, Yeah, right? sure, yeah. So like that's a new hoop that I got to jump through and figure out that type of stuff. But the church breeds and raises psychopaths yes people literally don't feel anything right yeah oh they don't know how to feel anything because the only thing they've been told how to feel is clean right right? i mean in their defense it
0: gets drilled out of them they might have had the capacity to feel those things but you know their whole life is getting it drilled out you know
1: yeah, there well one of the senses of loyalty is dr- drilled out definitely. Like yeah. for instance loyalty to your own family, right, loyalty right, to your right. mother, your father. Yeah. It, you're you are praised for telling on them. Right. You are praised for being an informant basically right. on your own family. And there is no there's nothing that you can hide from yeah. them. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Uh, and if it's found out that you are you're in deep trouble. Yeah. Man. Like you are you are very very um how do you say you are, the old you is coming through.
0: Right, basically. right, right, yeah. And
1: uh, yeah, no, but we, um yeah, we, right now, I am currently working on getting one of my, my, my baby sister out basically. And um the way that that's working is yeah. she's kind of starting to see that all of her older brothers have left except one and her older sister, who's been groomed into being this virtuous woman, who's going to be married pretty soon mm. here. She's starting to kind of go, no, 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 no. Something's not right about this. We just, in the last month and a half, had to deal with her running away at 15 years old and the police and like all this stuff. So outside of the church and the church, they say, we're committed to every aspect of your life. There's nothing that you can do, nothing that you can say that is going to stop us being committed to you. And then as soon as my baby sister runs away, right. They wash their hands of it completely. And they say, that's up to your mom.
2: Like you have
1: to communicate with them and figure out on the outside, kind of how everything's going to go down. And we just now got to a place where we were able to say, you know, to our sister, you need to stay here until you're at least 18 because you can't be a runaway because then you'll be a ward of the state. Right. We could take her without guardianship from, I didn't even know this, but you, she can't stay here without my mom signing guardianship papers. Yeah. Which she won't do do. that. Yeah. Right. She's not going to do that. There's emergency third-party guardianship, but even that takes time. Even that is they have to do an investigation, but they're not going to find anything because the church is so crystal clean. It is perfect. There's nothing you could possibly find. And the things that they do that are illegal are so gray area. Improve it. Yeah. You, there's no way to. It's my word against theirs, yeah. and who's going to believe? Right, a pastor.
0: Yeah, right, right, right. You know what I mean? Also, so upstanding, yeah. wealthy. Th- yeah,
1: good exactly. Yeah, business, uh, all know, those things. Yeah. He's, yeah, yeah, he's a pious gentleman. Right, you know what I mean? Right, right, that type of stuff.
0: So I, yeah. So your your immediate family then? You said you had six brothers. What was it again?
1: Five brothers, two sisters.
0: Five so six brothers, boys, yeah. two brothers, okay, yeah. and are of those then, including your parents? Like, who is? still there and who is out you mentioned having brothers that are also out
1: both my sisters are still in and the fifth brother is still in they're still young we're all two years apart okay so the four eldest are gone and then number six is gone i actually uh my wife and i um when my, my thing is if one of my family members leaves I want to have a place for them to stay. Yeah. So I have a house with bedrooms that are empty. I keep empty for them and uh-huh. I was able to fill two rooms uh, for my brothers. So my youngest brother left in July of this year actually and he's staying in my upstairs bedroom and then my brother uh the eldest one uh he left about 2 years ago and I have given him a place to stay and just say look, if this is the least I can do until we figure out where we want to go from here. Because you do need that breathing Room. If there's one thing that I found out, you need room to breathe and figure out what you want to do with your life. Cause I didn't have that yeah. when I left. I had 1500 bucks, a backpack, and nothing else. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. So as long as I can kind of give them space from their survival mentality, I'm good. You know, so, you know, yeah, but it does take a long time.
0: It's really interesting. Just like this idea of you within the context of the church and everybody that's there you being someone who has scorned them and left them behind and probably vilified to no end in terms of what they talk about if they talk about you at all and in reality in the world where everyone else lives you are the one with the most compassion and you could make the case the most Actually, Christian, in the true sense of the word, you're giving shelter to people in need, and these are people that need to find a better way and know no other way, and you're taking them in and giving them the safe place to 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 figure out what that is. Uh, it's just so fucking backwards, you know what I mean and it's it's
1: to just- the church to the church, that's a glory story,
0: and it's sin right you, yeah what I'm doing that's yeah. absolute sin. yeah. Yeah, I mean yeah. the irony is that that's what they think, and, and and it's just they they think that way because they think that way, but they also think that way because they have to think that way. Because if they don't, their whole fucking thing crumbles. Oh, absolutely, I mean yeah. that's got to be yeah. The rigidity of cults, institutions like this, the more rigid they are with their rules, is it it has to be because if they soften those rules, then the whole house of cards comes falling down. You yeah. know, and it's it's just. It's a shame that they can operate in this gray area and get away with so much shit for so long and there's no end in sight. It's just, what's amazing is that there are people like you who were able to get out and now exist and live in some semblance of what you might call a real life.
1: Yeah. See, it's funny because uh, I am fascinated by cults. Um, it's, It's weird because most of my most fond memories of my entire life, was in gospel outreach mm-hmm. because that was my life. It right. was eighteen years. Right. right yeah. And I'm fascinated by the idea because once you actually start getting down to it, to what the heart, the core of what it actually really is, why it is what it is, gospel outreach. Just, I'm just singling them out. But mm-hmm. any cult, um, no one. I, I would be willing to bet if you were to ask them why, like, what is this? What is the goal? Yeah. They couldn't tell you. They couldn't tell you because. <laughs> I lived there for 18 years, and I still don't know what the what the point of gospel outreach is. I yeah. still don't know. Yeah. I know that they want to see children on a stage playing instruments for an old man. Yeah, it's sad, you know what I mean. Like right. that's that right. that's what we did it for. We yeah. wanted the of the church to perform for an old man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like okay, great. That's Jesus. There yeah. you go. You know, yeah. but they have not reached to anyone. In the entire time that i've been there and since the 70s there's not been one new member they've all had children and there's your new members and they can completely control and manipulate everything that they do
0: i guess i have a question about that why don't they want new members why don't they at least try outreach it would be in their name it, you know you that does imply something like let's go get more of us Why is there no evangelical side to them at all?
1: Two reasons. Um, I'm going to give you their reason and then I'm going to give you mine. Their reason is um, we are hidden. We are special, Ah, I guess you could say. The chosen
0: people-ish
1: thing. We are the chosen, yes. We are the losers. In fact, we grew up believing on our tongues every day, you would say, I'm a loser. Whoa. I am a loser. Oh yeah. No. I didn't know. Like I we always were thought being a winner is evil. It's uh, bad. that's so fucking you so can't interesting. Win yeah. No, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. a loser
3: yeah. because
1: the last the least and the lost. That's who we want. Yeah. And it's up to the pastors to deem if somebody that does come to the church. Since I've been there, I think I've seen three people come like that I, nobody knew just see a church sign and come in and go to the Sunday service. The Sunday services, they're not like any church you've ever seen. I'm just it's nobody likes it. So you never see them again. And not only that, but there's Mm -hmm. people that have asked not to come back. Um, one of those three people in particular. So that's their reason. My reason is you have free thinkers that can come in, and if they start seeing the way that things run, if they stick around they can start calling out certain things and going, hey, that's not right. Right. Something's weird here. Something's off. I'm going to start an investigation or I'm going to get somebody else involved or I'm going to bring more family members, other people, other minds. You're getting free thinkers in that can actually blow the whistle on some of this stuff. And they don't want that because they spent a long time and a lot of money and no small amount of pain on their part to make this thing what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I think. Um, And that's what my brothers think. And I think that, um, you know, the church itself is built on the fact that you are, you're bearing children that can carry on your family name because you're holy before God, but that needs to be a daily thing. And if you do not train your children in this way, you're out. That's sin, yeah. you can't you cannot do this, so yeah, I think that that's that's one of the reasons why they just continue to have child after child after child, and they have more recruits, so yeah, wow, yeah, I mean I've made crazy. this is kind of a summarization of yeah. all of it, obviously, yeah. there's eighteen years worth to tell of course, it would take yeah. probably a week, you know, yeah, but hopefully, I've been able to give you somewhat of a summary or somewhat of an idea of what it's like there
0: you have um, you know i I read over the just over the years of my life I I'm very interested in in cults and I always have been and gospel outreach has come across my eyes every once in a while I would read about it and kind of just not really look that deep into it I, I my fucking mind is blown by what this today I mean I I can't say I've I had many expectations but I did not expect fucking this man this is fucking yeah. wild. Uh,
1: uh yeah. There's actually another family member of mine that has reached out, um, got an acceptance for I'm sure he could give you more stories yeah. um for the record as well. Yeah. Um, and me too, because I I actually was uh I, I was a listener to Matt Delia's confused. Uh, and every time you do your Sunday sermon, yeah. we'd sit around and we would enjoy it, man. Oh, that's could, amazing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And like it's yeah, and and that's where I think this subject alone, it's it's almost like a subject that you, you can tap and tap and tap more and more, but yeah. there's just this iceberg underneath the surface. Totally. That you, you can't unlock yeah. without years and years of understanding. Yeah. Like, why? What, yeah. How is this possible? Yeah. Um, but this, these communities live all over the place. Yeah, you know?
0: they do, and they last forever. And ever. Yeah. it's so interesting. And there's it's no. still going. No shortage of them, no matter what era you know. Yeah. But during confused times, in fact, oh, yeah. there's more of them popping up every day. You know,
1: and when a um, you know, you you start finding there's there's one or two ways that a cult either lives or dies, right? And if the head of the cult dies, there's two options: yeah. it either gets disbanded or it gets more fanatical,
0: right? Totally. And yeah. the
1: head pastor right now, the guy is, I think in his late eighties, nineties. Oh he's wow, he's almost out. Oh, okay. and it is getting worse and worse and worse. Has he named Congrats. a new uh, follower? Has he named a yes. successor? Oh yeah, oh uh, yeah. yeah. Ten years ago, he named the guy. I oh. mean, the guy. Yeah, and it just so happens to be his son-in-law. Oh, wouldn't you know line.
0: Yeah, where yeah. Where you of know? course,
1: the nepotism there is, is yeah. absolutely insane. I mean, if you are, if you have the last name or related to one of the people with the last names as the pastors, you are treated right. like a king.
0: Yeah.
2: If you're people like me, you're
1: treated like garbage.
0: Right there is a sign of the bullshit of this particular called No Offense to Everybody's Virgin Ears. But uh, actually, one last question. On the website of Gospel Outreach, there's all this, like, it looks like there's, like, global activities. What the fuck is that all about?
1: You're on the wrong website. That's a fake website.
0: Is it Uh, put up by them, though? Like, what is that?
1: I have no idea, but I know that we've come across it. Okay, Uh, That you're looking up is uh, just Love up gospel outreach of Olympia. Okay. The site's completely password protected. You're not going to be able to get oh, anything. Oh, so it's not even password protected.
0: So the church, the hidden thing is like all throughout. Oh yeah, every way they mean that.
1: Yeah, there okay. is an article. I mean, if you'd like, I can email it on that thread. Yeah, yeah, please article, do. Yeah, um, from the Eureka Church that went out. Um, they kept names anonymous, but they this is the most that I've seen against the church from somebody that has left cuz there's been a lot of people that have left usually about my age um and this is the furthest I think somebody's gotten to actually blowing the whistle on what goes on there uh, but it got completely they they completely uh wrote it off like they were uh, saying no this is this is untrue this is definitely or uh defamation I think is what they called it um but yeah they are saying basically um uh, I'll I'll, I'll even you. Yeah you send can- it yeah please do please The do. other thing is uh, yeah so all of the websites that you find on this. Oh, here's another interesting thing um, as we're wrapping up here. Yeah. If you look up Gospel Outreach of Olympia, you'll find that they have like 30-something reviews and it's like almost five stars, uh-huh. right? yeah. A school exercise that we did was we would go on Google, make an account, (laughs) a new email, and we would put five stars as a review for the church because the review was 1.7 stars as of, I think like two years ago. Wow! And then they got all the school kids to just put review after review with a scripture. And they told them the scripture to put, and they would just, every single five-star review that you see on Google is a member of the church. Every one star that you see is somebody that must have left recently. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So yeah. I believe. Anyways, it. yeah, I'll go ahead and email that out. Do and, it. And uh, good luck trying to uh, trying to get into the website. I can't do it. <laughs> I <in my> look. <little laughs> I'll here. talk to some hackers I know. I have one
0: last <laughs> question. Do I see ink? Yeah. Is this what is this
1: on your neck here? Yeah. So this is. Uh, so like I said, I was an MMA fighter. Oh right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. Yeah, I um, I've got. I mean, all my brothers um, for the most part are, are tatted up. It's kind of our rebelling, I guess you could say, Cool, Uh, but yeah, no, we, um, like I said, through therapy and through just living out in the normal world and stuff like the, the craziness is starting to leave the brain. Mm. You know, we are healing. It is good, but I will say there are people that leave places like this that are not as fortunate Yeah. and my highest recommendation to anybody like that is therapy Yeah. go to therapy better help whatever it is some yep. type of something that you can actually just talk and get it out there because there's no way i would be able to say in any eloquence yeah. to you, you know, the, or talk in any way uh about this without therapy so yeah. anyways
0: well good for you man thank you so 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 much for doing this Absolutely. i appreciate you reaching out and submitting I'm, I'm so happy to have you on the show I look forward to further correspondence with you. Please do email that stuff. Uh, And I look forward to staying in touch, man.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. Likewise. I'm about to share with you two videos. Uh, I'm going to give you some context before I do. Um, This is two brothers that are repenting in front of the entire church because it was found out that they have whiskey in their house and uh, they're not even alcoholics. They're not even drunkards. They just had it in their house. They invited somebody over for dinner and they spied on them and saw some whiskey in a cabinet. So because of this, their children were taken out of school. Their pay was docked. And in order for them to get back up in the good graces of the church, they have to do a public repentance. And that's what this looks like. Um, If you need any more videos for context or any more context in general, just let me know and I can make that happen. Amen. My children are angry. My boys are angry and they're unfocused in school. And that's my fault. Um, And my daughter.
3: Well, we know that. What should we do about it?
1: Huh?
3: Huh? Oh, okay, you're done. We'll see you some other time.
2: No,
3: Unless you have something to say. I do. We know that about yourself. Yeah, right. So what? Yeah. What don't you help? Well, what do you let da- die? What do you let die that you shouldn't? Yeah. There, you want to hear that? Yeah. That'll yeah. empty your children. Yes. Yes. Say yes. ahead. Yeah. What are you trying to keep?
2: Yes.
3: Yeah. Your friends know you. Yeah. Yes. They tell about you too. But you don't, or do you want to?
1: Yes. Say it. Yes, I want that. I I am not enough for my children. I need help.
3: Well, what are you doing off? See, it's cheap.
1: Yes.
3: What do you got going that you use two lives? Yes. What's your argument with this word that just keeps you What are you separate? eating? Yeah. What are you drinking? What do you drink? It's practical. Yes. Say it. Be quiet. I got it. Yeah. I drink. I drink beer. I drink... um, Say it. Yeah. We know it anyway. Yeah. Say it.
1: Yes. I drink too much.
3: What, beer? Beer. um, See, you have to drag it out. Yeah. Yes.
1: Hard, yes. Hard alcohol.
3: Yes. Huh. Well, they're going to get that. Yeah, yeah. Do you love the children better than that? Then you'll have to let them go, those others. They are wonderful children. They really are. But the Father's got to be the one.
0: With these men here,
2: and I'm repenting. I shouldn't repent to you. I should repent to these
1: men. You please forgive me for the things that I've done to my children. We do you. Yeah. We I, believe you believe you're doing really this. Want
3: but be. I would say tell them. Right. Yeah. They might hear you and hear yeah. themselves.
2: Okay.
3: Yeah. I have made my children angry.
2: And, and I hate to see what it does to them. And can you please forgive me?
3: Yes. yes.
2: I, I do not want this anymore. Please
3: You too can be that. Yes. Yes. Oh, but you're too. It's your. Don't let anybody t- hear me, please. They you're forgiven. We're, we're forgiven. You know we are. You're forgiven.
1: God gives that freedom. So this is going to be the brother's dance portion of the weddings. Uh, If you're a single young man, you're required to be in. Uh, If you are going to be in, you have to dress up like a Hasidic Jew. Uh, They took it from Fiddler on the Roof. And then you have to dress up like one of the Russians uh, on Fiddler on the Roof during the tavern scene. And then you're also required to give $400 in $1 bills that is going to be shot out of a cannon so that the crowd can wow at the amazement of how much money the church is making. though this dance is not a requirement, it is an unspoken requirement that if you are a single young man in that church, you have to be in this dance and you have to meet all of these requirements. In this video, you're going to hear one of the pastors of the Olympia church call out a man in front of his family, uh, his children, all the rest of the congregation. Um, just because he hasn't brought any good fruit to the pastor's life.
0: You haven't changed. You haven't, you haven't really brought forth anything, any kind of fruit. You haven't blessed my life, no, any of right his right men's God. life, or anybody else here. All you've been is a big sucker your whole life. And then you have the audacity to stand up and give a teaching. You, know, you ought to be quiet and listen to someone. And then until you see some fruit, the fruit of joy in your family, the fruit of people who actually listen, and then maybe someone could listen to you. So either repent... Tom, or go sit down. Yeah, yeah. Either repent or sit down. Yeah. Good, okay.
1: And then you're going to see a public repentance from this man, Tom, who has to repent in front of the congregation, the pastors, and his own children and wife to continue to have a good life there and to be able to keep his family. I would like to repent. This is not, nobody's being mean to
0: me. This is actually mercy, and um, I want to repent to you for that. And you know I'm, and I'm just purposing to, you know, receive, put into practice what you what you've given me to, you know, what you've helped me with, and, you know, I need Jesus, I, t- I need Jesus to do that. But it's my fault. I don't want to. I don't want anybody. I don't want to sit out there and people are thinking, oh, if if anybody's thinking, any you know, somebody's being mean to Tom, no way, oh, no way. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's. Who's oh, Jesus? I'm not, oh, it, what. Obviously, I want to turn around. Yeah. 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 I'm so I'm, repen- I'm, I'm repenting. I am repenting. I am not yeah. blaming. No way. My fault. Who's yeah. mm-hmm. Jesus? Who's yeah. Jesus? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. 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 Good question.
2: Yeah.